Wepa. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Do you know how to walk? Do you know how to dance? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of This Week in Salsa. Today on the show we have Franklin Condori. Frank, how you doing? How you doing, buddy? It's good hey, to man. see you. Yeah, well, dude. Yeah. So for those of you guys who have been listening to us for a while, you already know Frank quite well because I like name drop him during every episode because that's how much of an influence he's had on my salsa career. He was my original Obi-Wan. Uh, he definitely was this guy who provided a lot of knowledge to me in my very, very early days and continues to. So Frank... Awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Uh, of course, of course. So, well, you know, to not take all the credit, I do get a dollar for every time you mention my name. So this is great. So I'm completely great. Do, do, does an angel also get its wings every time that happens too? Because <laughs> that would just be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I appreciate it, man. I, I really appreciate it. Again, like I said, it's good to hear from you. Um, I've known you a long time. Um, some say too long, but we shall see. We shall no, see. no, 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 <laughs> never too long. It's like five years. It's been like five years. Oh, but Lord. Speaking oh, of, oh let, God, let's go back in time, maybe even farther back in time. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people probably know you or know of you. Uh, we had Joel Dominguez on last week. He knew you cause you were the guy who came down <laughs> from Boston to road trip to come to his LVG socials. So a lot of people probably know you already, but for the people who don't know you, just give a little bit of a primer on, on who you are, how you fit into this salsa community that we, we all are a part of. Oh my goodness. All right. I am probably going to be that crazy guy you hear. When you hear stories of, wait, this guy drove four hours to dance salsa? What's wrong with him? Doesn't he have a life? Apparently, no, I do not have a life. My life is salsa. No, I'm no serious, no. For me, it's always been a passion. Like For me, it's always been one of those things that when I think of salsa, I, a salsa, I don't think of chores. I don't think of, oh, man, I got to dance again. I'm always like, oh, great, man. I can't wait to dance again. You know, I, I am always searching for that. I guess you can call me like an addict in a way because I'm always searching for a salsa high where you kind of have that combination of different aspects that kind of, you know, attribute to that greatness of the dance. Um, and, you know, I feel like, and I, I'm sure you can also attest to this also, but as we dance more, there's certain other things, you know, we, we find out that we like or that give us more joy in the dance, whether it's a particular style of music or maybe dancing to instruments, um, dancing to live bands. You know, there's all these other different aspects that kind of attune your enjoyment of the dance. And I'm kind of always trying to understand mine better and kind of always fine-tune it a little bit more as well. Um, I'm sorry, I think I deviated from your question. <laughs> what yeah, was... I got to redo my script and everything. This is a mess. <laughs> No, no, man. That I, I totally <laughs> no. Find that we were talking about that a lot last week with with Joel as well. Dancing to the music, dancing to the instruments, refining refining yourself. And what's interesting about you is you didn't necessarily take the path that a lot of upper echelon salsa dancers take, which is they start and then they eventually get into this performance uh, side of the world, right? And they get into this teaching side of the world. Now, I know you've done performances. I know you've taught because you taught me. But at the same time, it seems like when you talk about your addiction, it seems like you're really addicted into the social dancing aspect and just the improvement of the social dance. Would you say that's true? Uh, am I totally off base with that? Oh, no, you're completely, you're completely true. And actually, I'm just remembering the main question you said is what is what was my um, what, what purpose did I find for myself in the salsa community and you know, where's my little niche and within this graph, you know, in this vast circle of, of salsa that we live in. And you're completely right. You're completely right. Um, you know, there, I feel like, you know, when you talk to a lot of people, there is a certain pathway that, uh, you know, a lot of people take where, you know, you first start off with salsa and just like everybody, you know, you can get really, really hooked on it. I know I was really hooked on it. You know, I wanted to dance every day. Um, so, you know, you dance for a long time, you keep taking classes. And then you get to a point where, you know, you, you, you think to yourself, oh, do I want to perform? You know, I think or I think performing is really going to help me out. And, you know, some people take that route. Some people become performers and absolutely love it. You know, they love the stage. That is where their home is for the most part. You know, they live for those three to five minutes of, you know, performing. They absolutely live for it. You know, they they eat up all the anxiety. 
but then afterwards they're on this high after performing. And I see, you know, I know a lot of people who are performers and you're right. My, my path in this community has been so unorthodox, I think, um, because I'm not a performer, you know, I do travel a lot for salsa. Um, I am more or less strictly a social dancer. Um, but yes, I did start with performing, um, but it wasn't for me, you know, uh, like just something about it. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was and I respect a hundred percent anybody who does that for a living because it's not easy. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard. It's very time consuming. I know just a couple of, um, routines that I tried to put together myself. They were, they were, I mean, they were stressful and, you know, it was very hard to do. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I decided, you know, it's not really for me. I completely understood that. Um, you know, and I, I, I still love training. I still love learning. Um, but I've actually become one of those people within the community that kind of is more obsessed with putting things together and seeing people enjoy themselves. And by what I mean by that is I, you know, I host socials here in Boston and I'm actually, I just started DJing as well now. And I used to DJ in Gainesville as well, if you remember. I yeah, have, what was your DJ uh, name, man? Uh, well, my DJ name is El Condor. And trust me, it took me like five months to come up with that name. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I had no idea what to call myself. So it may change. Who knows? But for right now, I like it. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's a play off my last name. Um, but, you know, I get a lot of joy putting together events and then seeing how much people enjoy themselves, seeing people really get down in the music. And I'm one of those people that, you know, because I enjoy it so much, that's what I want to do. That's my role within the salsa niche. Within the salsa community, that's my role. It's not necessarily as an instructor or as a performer. Um, my role is somebody who just really enjoys putting together socials, putting together events, because not just socials. I also enjoy putting together events as well. And I mean, I can go into uh, I can go into a lot more. Um, yeah, like talk, talk I, I want I want to know about that. So that's something that we're experiencing right now in Gainesville, and, and people may be experiencing this in their cities as well, where we have probably five or six social dances a, a month. So we're talking mm -hmm. about very limited social dancing on a monthly basis in Gainesville. Uh, if you were talking to someone who has that desire to be like you and be that connector and build their community up with more opportunities to dance. What makes up a good social dance? What makes up a good event? What are some tips that you would, would give to people if they want to build up their salsa community with more events? Well, you know, I, I think really what, what constitutes a good social is really kind of observing what is missing, you know, because I feel like for the most part of community, they put together good socials, you know, but you, know, you could either say, I want to put together a good social or I want to put together a great social. And, you know, there's a lot of different aspects. There's the basic ones. I mean, obviously, you don't want to dance outside of a, you know, you don't want to just dance behind a building or something, you know. You want to make sure the place, you know, has a really good dance floor, has a good sound system. And honestly, this is one of the things that I feel, and I'm sure you understand this, I didn't know how important it was until I heard it. And that is having a great DJ to get the night not only started, but keep it dancing and moving and everything. And honestly, a lot of what I've been influenced here in Boston, I've actually still taken away from Florida. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the people here are, are surprised to always hear about how much influence I've taken from Florida, even though I don't live in Florida, per se. Um, you know, my all-time favorite DJ is DJ Rob Fernandez from Orlando. Um, I mean, not to discredit any DJs we have here. They're all really, really great. But just somehow, I really connect with the flow that DJ Rob does. And, you know, I mean, we've been in a couple of the socials, UMDA, um, Salsa Heat, you know, Essential Elements. And what I also learned is that, for example, at the Orlando, I'm sorry, at the UMDA Salsa Social, they play live instruments to the music. And I'm telling you, that for me was euphoric. And, you know, it's not something I, I get to experience as much anymore, you know, living here in Boston. Uh, not that they don't play instruments, but it, it was just different at the UMDA Social um, and actually just recently, the Saturday night at the Orlando Salsa Congress, I was in <laughs> freaking salsa. It was amazing, have, weren't they? That, that was, band, what was the name of the band that played? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember the name of the yeah, band. They were, they were uh, great. They were I'm, great. I, I believe it was Alberto Santiago and then uh, whatever accompanying band he had. So he was a singer. And then that was great. That was such a good vibe. 
And then when it started clearing out a lot more, I don't know if you actually, uh, uh, I, I believe, I don't know if you went to bed yeah, earlier. Than- I, I was, I was in bed, man. Come on. You know, you know I'm, I'm in bed by three <laughs> 30 at those Congresses. Uh, DJ Rob Fernandez. And it literally was euphoric for me. Um, I was also there with my girlfriend, Angela, and I had always talked to her about this, you know, when we talk about socials and she would always ask, oh, you know, what kind of social do you like? Not necessarily the social I like, but, you know, what do you like from socials? And I kind of always had to use UMDA as a great model. Um, I mean, you know, for what it was. And and this was basically was that what I had talked about, you know, a great DJ having, you know, playing a great set with some live instruments and in this and in this case it was timbales and he knew what he was doing you know it's not like just some random guy going up there and banging drums you know this guy grew up you know this guy knows what he's doing and he gave a whole different energy to the music and i don't believe i've danced harder than i've ever had from four to six and my girlfriend was there i had never seen her so euphoric before in my life dancing and after it was always after it, you know everything was said and done as we were going back to the room she was you know she was like okay i know what you're talking about now. <laughs> you know, that, that was amazing you know that it was- kind of reminds me of when uh when hip hop artists they sample different music and they bring it into their own it almost reminds me of that the way you describe it where you can hear a salsa song but when you hear the overlay of live instruments on that they can take that song and they can make it feel different perhaps than the original artist intended but still with some of that same spirit uh, right, right. Yeah, that, that's. And, I definitely missed that part. I can tell you for sure. I was sleeping. I that. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, that for me is what I like from socials. I mean, but at the same time, you know, I've gone to socials. You know, um, just with DJs, and again, amazing. You know, I've gone to see live bands. One in particular stood out was uh, Orquesta Salsa con Consciencia. So I'm always trying to do my best here to promote, you know, other stuff as well. So Orquesta SCC is their short name, but Salsa con Consencia. I saw them in at the DC Salsa Congress. Absolutely amazing. Um, if there's any promoters listening to this, please, guys, bring them in. They're a great, great band. So again, they were absolutely amazing. A great band to, to dance to, um, and they're very respectable for the dancers. You know, not you know, not too long or anything. Um, but I think as a from a social point, right? I believe that if you can play good music, that you know, is strong rhythmically that dancers can dance to that, you know, you don't tire them out, not too fast, not too slow. Um, and if you can somehow incorporate, you know, a, a live musical aspect to it, I believe that's simply amazing. Now, of course, it's not possible all the time just because, you know, you may not find musicians, um, they may want to do it or this or that. But to me, that that's what was heaven. You know, everyone else has a different interpretation. Right. But to me, that was my heaven. So let's let's go from socials to actually social dancing because I've talked to several women who are incredible dancers and they continually say that you are one of the best, if not the best leaders that they've ever danced with. And oh. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating there, man. Seriously. I've talked to people and we know. Well, I, so think many I, people. I think I paid each and every one of them to say that. Oh, uh, another <laughs> whole dollar getting there. Yeah. I got it, man. Completely biased. I know, man, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. a market. <laughs> nice. I got, of course that is the big, that's going to be the title of this post. How to pay off women <laughs> to tell you about oh, salsa. So, so, but uh, in all honesty, you're an amazing social dancer. Um, what would you say from a guy's perspective, if they want to improve their lead, if they want to improve their social dancing, what are the things that you would say to do? Or maybe the things you say not to do, but some things that you see on the dance floor that make you cringe all the time? Or what would you say to a guy who sucks at social dancing? How do they, how do they get better? <laughs> You know, I've always thought of social dancing as a conversation. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, when you're too overbearing, right? You imagine that guy in a club who's just all over this woman. She's too overbearing, you know? And I imagine that as someone who's a very aggressive lead. Uh, not only that, but to be honest, I always thought of, um, I always I always considered, and this, I don't know if anyone else has said this, so I don't know if I can exactly copyright the saying, but I've always said you can't hide yourself when you social dance. What I mean by that is if you are a quirky, awkward person, you're probably going to dance like a quirky, awkward person. If you're a confident person, you're probably going to dance confidently. Um, I know myself, 
I was never really a confident person growing up. Not all the time, not everything. Um, and salsa really helped change that for me. Now, in terms of how to get better in your social dancing, you know, obviously practice is going to be 100, 110%. That's always going to make you better taking classes um, to fix. You know, also another thing I noticed is that when it comes to getting better at the actual dance of it, you would be surprised how much you can learn by taking basic classes from different instructors. Because I feel like, you know, I feel like salsa is such a, you know, like such a, you know, such a melting pot of different things. And you'd be surprised at what I can learn from this instructor and what I can learn from this instructor. Um, and I mean, not to say anything controversial or anything, but I feel like in order for a person to get better, they kind of need to venture off into different instructors and, and what they can get from those different instructors. You know, like I learned to be very smooth and I learned about posture from Neri Garcia. He was very, very good at breaking that down for me. Um, you know, I learned how to be more, well, you know, actually casino was a big influence me, uh, influence for me when it came to doing a lot of the hand turn patterns that I do. I didn't think it would be, but it kind of was, you know, it was a big influence for me. And that's how you started uh, out was with casino. Right? I did start off with casino. That's correct. Yeah. And you know, it, it's one of those things that I guess it's a little common, uh, common sense when you think about it, you know, as a guy, you know, when you when you dance with a woman, you know, if you want, like you again, like I'm saying, like just as it was a conversation, you know, you want to have a smooth conversation, you know, whether you're talking to a friend or maybe you're flirting with somebody, you know, you want to you want to be smooth about it. So same thing, I guess, too, when you dance, you don't want to be a little bit you don't want to be over aggressive. You know, you don't want to be under aggressive. But what you want to do is you want to make it's like, for example, if I was to ask somebody out to dinner or whatever, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, you know, what, you know, if you're not busy tomorrow, would you kind of maybe want to go out to dinner with me? <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't be like, hey, you know, come eat with me right now. I wouldn't say like that either. You know, I would say, you know, I really enjoy talking to you. Would you want to get, you know, do you want to go out with me uh, tomorrow and grab some dinner? You know, kind of saying it, you know, kind of like that middle ground. And I, I think the same thing applies for dancing, too, like. You, you you know that there's a point where you're giving too much emphasis, too much force, and there's a point when you're giving too little force. And I believe as individuals, guys need to kind of find, or not just guys, but you know, leaders in that aspect need to find that middle ground for them, where they they can clearly say what they're trying to say within the dance without being too confusing. Yeah, you know well, I mean? yeah, and I've actually been thinking about this a lot too, where for instance, I do see guys dancing, uh, a couple examples that come to mind are in bachata, and they'll mm -hmm. be dancing bachata, and no matter what the song is, they will dance it with this intensity like it's the sexiest song you've ever heard. But the problem is that not all songs are like that, and not all partners want you to dance like that as well. So this guy's doing these dips and like going like an inch from the ground, uh, regardless of who they are, how long they've known them or anything, they're not taking contextually into account what is important there. Uh, same thing with, with salsa. One of my problems when I first started learning was I only had one speed. And right. that speed, mm -hmm. even though I didn't know anything, it still was fast, right? right. And right. I remember you were one of these guys who kept on telling me just smooth, right? Smooth mm -hmm. it out, smooth it out. And I remember I took a workshop with Sal from, uh, from Houston, Salomon. And he was talking about the arches in the music where you have this introduction, which is very calm. And you mm -hmm. have to have that in your dancing where you're very calm in your dancing and that introduction, just get to know them. You know, that, that first date at a, uh, at a Starbucks where you're just having this like little chit chat. Um, then it builds, the song builds up in that second act. Then it has this climax and that's where, you know, I usually have the most of my energy in the dancing. And then it just kind of chills out a little bit more till, uh, till the song's over. But I wasn't even paying attention to that in the beginning. I was just boom, 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 really quick from the very outset doing double turns, triple turns. Right. And, you know, a lot of it also has to do with just kind of being considerate of the lead. You know, I feel like, you know, I feel like most of the time certain leads are too focused on the end game, which is by the end of this dance, I want to do this turn pattern, this turn pattern, this turn pattern. And I believe we, we don't allow ourselves to really kind of engage the dance as much. Uh, and that's kind of a shame, you know, like we need to be more considerate. For example, 
I've been dancing. I don't even know how long anymore. It's one of those things that I forget how old I am. Same thing applies. I forget how long I've been. I have to ask my girlfriend. I'm like, how long have I been dancing? I don't know. <laughs> like eight, not even right now. I don't know. I think it's like eight or nine years. So I've been dancing quite a while now. Um, and, you know, I don't need to have the most amazing dance where I throw all of my moves into this one dance. I don't need to have that every time, you know? And now, okay, so you asked me, what is one thing can, that can help if you're dancing? Dancing with beginners. Why? Well, it makes sense. If you can properly lead a beginner dancer, guess what? You're probably doing really well as a lead. What I mean by that is, you know, a beginner in the sense of, you know, she can do like crossbody leads, but may still have some troubles with the inside turns, outside turns. So what do you, you know, what, what do I do in this aspect? Well, I make sure I give her the cleanest and crispest inside turn that I can possibly give her where she lands as perfectly as she can um, when, when she gets out of that spin. Or a lot of the stuff I do, I make sure I accentuate a lot of the moves as clear as I can make them. And when I do that, I notice that, man, that really helps in, in, in just in turn in making, clear, in, in making clear leads as well. Because think of it this way also, no matter how advanced a lead may be, she's still going to prefer a clear lead. And if your lead is clear, no matter how complex you make it, it's still going to be clear and she'll still be able to follow it. You know, so I've always said that. If you really want to get better at leading, you know, dance with more beginners. For one, they're going to love you for it because you're going to show them a great time, you know. And two, it's going to help you out. It's really, really, really going to help you out. Um, and I know another thing that we talked about this too before. Another thing that also helped me out was teaching, you know. But obviously, you don't want to just dance after a month and teach. You know, you got to be doing it for a while. You have to have a good understanding of it. But I noticed that teaching did help me out. Because things that I would do socially, I would just, you know, I'd be stepping, not really paying attention to it. When it came, when it came down to actually breaking it down, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm doing. I got to figure this out or else I won't be able to teach it, you know, won't be able to teach it well. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you can attest to this too, but in Gainesville, we were severely lacking follows or yep. ladies. And that was another thing that actually helped me out, believe it or not, was being able to follow. Um you know, as a Hispanic male, there I do have I did have that kind of machismo attitude growing up, and that changed very quickly as soon as I started dancing salsa. So I was like, ah, oh, oh well, I'm being led. Might as well throw some styling in there so it doesn't look too. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna and, do it, I'm gonna do it right. And, you know, fu- dude, yeah. that, that's so funny because when I took my second salsa class at Salsa Caliente in Tampa or in uh, Gainesville, so I was taking the class and I saw in the other class. Uh, who's it? it was rachel gwynn um you know rachel yeah, so yeah. she was dancing as a leader and at this time i knew nothing about like i thought the guy always had to be a leader or the woman always had to be a follower so i thought that she was a lesbian i was like okay <laughs> that's cool she's trying to dance with her girlfriend so she wants to be a follower that's awesome and uh i quickly found out she was not a lesbian because she was dating uh what's his face so yes, yes. so no that was not the case but it's, yeah well you know that's another thing salsa is a great way of of breaking down barriers because now i'm like whatever yeah i don't care it's whatever you know yeah, what man. i mean yeah it's, it's, crazy. it's so great I'm, I'm really thankful for it um but yeah you know being able to follow was it really helped <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> really man absolutely helped. i uh, now that I teach more, I have to be a follower more, and it helps. Uh, teaching in general, absolutely huge. Um, one thing you you said was about uh, when you dance with beginners. Overall, I agree with you. One thing I have seen that's a bit challenging with that, though, if I go to, let's say, a congress like Orlando this past week. Mm-hmm. So I was there. I was dancing with some beginners who I had to be very clear with that lead to say, this is what I want you to do. And as I was doing that, it was working great. And then I would jump right from that dance to a dance with a very advanced dancer. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed happening was I had to, it took me about a minute to lighten up my lead because I was like really accentuating the movements because I thought that she wouldn't understand them, even though I knew she would. So mm-hmm. I actually got a couple of comments saying that, listen, you know, lighten up on the, on the lead because it's too, it's too clear. Like I like a softer lead. So I tend to do that where I overcorrect either way, right? If I dance with beginner, I'm going to bring that beginner kind of lead into an advanced dance as well. And I've heard comments like that in the past. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not something I would worry about. I mean, I feel like that does happen. That's happened to me too, where I'm like in the middle of the dance. I'm like, Oh wait, I, I could, 
you know, I could loosen up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, in general, though, it's always good to have kind of a middle ground. I, you know, I always think of if you're going to start, start from the middle, meaning always have a middle tension. And depending on who you're dancing with, you can, you know, change it. You know, if the follow is a little, you know, she's if she's a little stiff in her arms, then, you know, you lighten up. Or if she's a little rough, you know, she's a little um, not stiff, a little soft, you should say. And, you know, you kind of uh, I want I don't want to say um, rough enough, but, you know, you kind of tighten up a little bit more. You know, come a little bit more force than you normally than you normally do. Um, but I always I always say it's it's a good idea to kind of start from the middle. You know, okay. like your your basic part of where you kind of keep your your uh, your lead. You know, your your basic tension, your middle tension, I should say. Gotcha. What what about what about drills? Are there drills that you did back in the day or that you do now that you think have really contributed to your success? So not so much. I understand taking classes, absolutely. But are there things that you would wake up every morning and do like twenty spins to the left, twenty spins to the right? Or are there shines that you did every single day just to build that acumen for uh, balance while you spin or or anything else? Um, I mean, I would say I don't do as many of them now as I used to, but I I, de I definitely did my left turn, right turns. Yeah, you can even you can ask anybody. Like if I'm standing there not doing anything, I could be like at a stop and shop, which is Publix for you Floridians. Ah yes. <laughs> um, I'll be doing a shine, and I might embarrass my girlfriend, but whatever, she's used to it. She signed the contract when she dated me, so she has, she has to put up with it. Uh -huh. I might do like random shine here and there. I'm always kind of moving, you know, I, and I don't know if that's necessarily a drill, but I'm always kind of moving. Um, I remember when I was learning pachanga, um, I don't know if she was living with me by then, but I actually, I did 20 minutes of pachanga every day, like basics, just mm -hmm. every day. Cause you know, I was like, screw it. I want to learn it. So I'm going to That's what it, it takes, man. Pachanga is a, that is a tough, tough dance. Right? That is a tough dance to make look, <laughs> so it doesn't look like you're humping the air. Randomly. Actually, yeah, I, it's I, very I, tough. I, I just got a really good tip on that two days ago from this guy in Tampa and because mm -hmm. he's like obsessed with pachanga. So I was doing my pachanga. He's like, you got to ride the baloney pony. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And it's like this, uh, like the butt and lower back arch, like back and forth, back and forth where you're sucking in the stomach and pushing it out. And as you push it out, you're almost acting like a pregnant lady pushing your butt out as well. And yeah. that movement, which I was not doing, all he showed me like, yeah, just ride the baloney pony. And I started doing that, and all of a sudden, my pachanga, like, increased by 50%. Like, it looks so much better now just with that one minor shift. And that's what that dance and a lot of other dances, I feel like it's just these little chance conversations where I get a little tip that I just incorporate in, and all of a sudden, it clicks. And that I got that click two days ago. Totally oh, different. For sure. For sure. Yeah. First of all, we need to make shirts because I think that's a great shirt idea right there. <laughs> yep, exactly. yep. I got, I got that one. I got that one. Man, I got all kinds of shirt ideas. Don't get me started on shirt ideas. Check this one out. Uh, two, uh, two girls, one copa. Out of that, right? And, and then so you have a picture. So if anybody's listening, we are copywriting this right now. Exactly. Do don't even try to do it. But don't listen, just the silhouette, like the apple image of the women dancing, but the women dancing with the copa. And then people who are really messed up will know what else that means. But I don't need to explain the second meaning for that one. Exactly. exactly. So next Congress, we're going to be rocking out our, our uh, I don't know what they're called yet, but our salsa wear shirts. Yeah, man, this weekend salsa, we'll just brand it, ride the baloney pony, two exactly. girls, one copa. Like As most. heard of in episode five. <laughs> yes, infamous in episode five. Exactly. Now, man, t-shirts actually one of those examples of things that I want to see more people do more of that. There are obviously a lot of team shirts. There's a lot of like I love on two and I love New York. Uh, mm -hmm. that stuff but i think there's actually opportunities for having more t-shirts and and the reason i like t-shirts specifically is because um getting more people into the community and also having those uh those markers so that when you travel and you go new places mm -hmm. you will if you walk by a salsa dancer you're not wearing anything salsa related you would have never had that conversation but man my, if i'm traveling in a city i've never been to and i'm wearing a salsa shirt or i see someone else wearing a salsa shirt you better believe i'm saying hey to them and asking where the good salsa is in town. So oh, of course, of course, you got to. It's, it's it's interesting you bring that up because you know I love our community. You know, I, I as much as there is good things and bad things, and there's a political side to certain aspects of salsa. You know, depending on the cities or whatnot. I absolutely love the community. I would not still be doing this if I didn't love it as much. I would not still be as involved within the salsa community if it didn't bring me such joy. You know, I absolutely love the salsa community. I love how 
just yesterday I met somebody from Ohio and I just dropped a name and they're like, Oh my gosh, I know that person, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's just great, you know? And, uh, actually my girlfriend had to go, uh, she's a research scientist at Harvard. She had to go to, uh, this event in Pittsburgh and lo and behold, I think like a month before we met this, we met this girl who had come into Boston for like a weekend from Pittsburgh. You know, we talked to her, yada, yada, yada. And now when she went to when she went to Pittsburgh, she actually was taken out by that now mutual friend of ours, you know, to all the salsa places. And it's like, wow, if we hadn't met that person, you would probably be stuck in your hotel missing me because that's what I imagine you do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, uh, do you use Airbnb? Hey, Frank. Yes. Sorry. Oh. Some dropped. Yeah. That's okay. Oh, man. You scared the death out of me. I thought that <laughs> I lost you again. Um, so do you use Airbnb? Uh, no, I don't. Man, so check out Airbnb for when you travel. I use it all the time now, but they uh, basically you can rent out a spare room. So I rent out my spare room on Airbnb, and I probably make like five or 600 bucks a month meeting oh, wow. interesting, cool people, uh, very nice. high quality people. Uh, <laughs> actually, two days ago, a guy messaged me asking if he could rent out my room. He says, I'm from Tampa. I dance so, uh, salsa. Uh, great to meet a fellow salsa person. And then the next day I meet him, he's on my performance team in Tampa. Really, really <laughs> random. I was actually a little freaked out by that. But uh, they have this thing called groups. So on mm -hmm. Airbnb groups, you can join the salsa, bachata, kizomba, and I think they have one more in there, group. And it's all these hosts from all over the world that dance one of those dance styles that also rent out their places. So you can very easily, wherever you go, basically any city in the world now, you could stay at their place and then you have an immediate person who shares your set of values and also could probably hitch a ride with to go out to the local salsa in the area that can give you the kind of the download on what's going on there. So that's all I use now whenever I go to a city. If I can find someone with, uh, with salsa in their bio that's part of that group, I use it. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, look yeah I mean, we talked about this a lot about connecting the community and um, finding ways to provide value to people. I think, I mean, uh, you know, one of my projects is kind of innovating with uh, these congresses and making it a little bit easier to find information there. I think there's a lot uh, that can be improved upon at the Congress experience, at the social experience. I think there's some fun stuff too. Like one of the things that at socials, I learned so much from video of myself dancing. Yet if you are not a top quality dancer, uh, you are lucky to get one or two recordings of you dancing every month or two maybe right. from a friend who does you a favor, but then you have to ask them, you have to stop the dance, grab your phone, all that stuff. Like I really want that piece to be part standard of every social where when I go into there, I can pay an extra five bucks and guarantee one high quality recording of me doing a social dance for three or four minutes because right mm -hmm. now that never happens. So I think there are like, that's just one example of so many things that can be done in this community to provide more value to everyone. So we can hopefully improve quicker as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to ask you one other question. Speaking of, of traveling, just tell the listeners how much you travel, where you go to travel. I want them to kind of jump out of the matrix for a second, understand what really is possible and what, what dedication really looks like. And for someone who's in the middle of nowhere in their small salsa community thinking, I can't drive an hour and a half to the salsa social. That's too far. Just tell me how much you travel, dude. Oh my goodness. Um, I will probably say I travel less than I did before, but it's still quite a bit. Um, now, when we were starting off in Gainesville, I mean, you know, I, I would go to Orlando probably twice a month. Um, if maybe not, maybe not necessarily Orlando, maybe Orlando and Tampa, which Tampa ends up being half an hour longer. So Orlando was an hour and a half. Tampa was like two hours. And yes, we would dance that night and then we would drive back. So I don't think of it that way. I'm thinking, oh, it's an only an hour and a half there. Um, yeah, technically, it's three hours of driving, just, you know, split in two. And if you go to Tampa, that's four hours of driving split in two, you know. And, man, you know what it was is that, you know, in Gainesville, we didn't have that many places to go dance. And, you know, um, the places that we did go out to dance, you know, it would be like maybe an hour of salsa. And then we'd have to wait like another hour before it came back. But we were just that dedicated, you know, we really, really, it, we really loved it. And we wanted to dance more. And, you know, instead of kind of sitting around saying, you know, oh, this sucks, what can we do? We kind of did something about it. And we went out of town to do dancing. And, you know, after a while, 
Um, you know, we did the Gator Salsa Club and we created even more opportunities during the week for people to go out dancing. And you know what? And I'm, I know I'm going to deviate a little bit, but I will say how proud I am of the fact that the Gator Salsa Club is still holding together events. Um, I know one of the one of the main reasons I wanted to put together is because, you know, I wanted to be able to provide a night that I thought was going to be amazing, you know, by bringing DJ Rob, by bringing performers. And, you know, I think we've done that. And honestly, I, I really feel like the socials in Gainesville, those socials have earned their mark of quality. You know, people know what to expect from them. And it was interesting because I was actually talking to some people from Gainesville that I didn't know when, you know, when I was there in Gainesville that, you know, they were newer. And, you know, I'm asking them, like, oh, like, how, you know, how is it in Gainesville, this and that. And they always would talk about the Gator Salsa Club as like, wow, yeah, they have these amazing socials twice a year or, you know, at the end of every um, semester. And, man, I'm just like, wow, that's so crazy. Like, I can't believe it's still going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so. That- that, that's one of the things that I, I hope that more cities around the country, it sounds like you're hopefully gearing up to maybe do this in, in other cities as well, but uh, I want more cities <clears throat> where the colleges are mm-hmm. to form these salsa organizations, Latin dance organizations, because these universities, they want to provide money through their student governments to these organizations because guess what most organizations at colleges nobody shows up to their events it's very low attendance but Mm -hmm. with salsa people always show up you know giving free classes and then providing these big events you will get bankrolled by the university after showing one promising event which we did now they love throwing money at us because we provide a great event a lot of people come to people come from out of town too uh, and that is also a great way of getting like how else could we get like we brought in uh, we brought in George and Tanya the first year. I still don't know how you swung that. Um, we brought in we brought in uh, Shaka. We brought in Solomon from Houston. We brought in uh, some folks this past year from Miami that were great Afro-Cuban. Like, we shouldn't be able to afford that, but luckily with the university behind us, we can, which is great. You know, and, and to any listeners out there who may be part of the university, um, you know, well, I'm not trying to stray too much away from the question that was asked, but... You know, I feel like if you were to reach out to Rob, maybe Rob can help you out with getting some official numbers so that maybe you can use our university model and, you know, in the sense that, you know, hey, this university can attract these number of people, these numbers from out of town. Uh, Maybe you can kind of use that as a way to help persuade um, your universities as well. Because even though we did travel a lot, and here's the thing, if, if your city is not, you know, big for sauce and there's some place close by, Travel once and you'll see how intoxicating and addicting it can be. Like, man, I had such a great time. I got to go back, you know, and you will find yourself traveling and, you know, bring others and they'll also love it. But at the same time, it's also very important to build your local community. You know, like for us, we did travel a lot, but at the same time, we did want to build our local community in Gainesville. And I, I believe we did just that. I mean, and I believe you're still doing it, Rob, over there in Gainesville. So it's it's twofold, you know. You, you travel out of town to be able to dance with, you know, new talent, um, you know, bigger socials, this and that. But I also believe it's so important that you also work really hard to build up your local scene as well. You can't just forget about them, you know. You can't just leave them and be like, oh well, too bad for you. No, you know, you have to just because you know there's X and Y reasons people won't be able to travel either as much or at all. Because I know we we knew a couple people that couldn't come with us because of school. And, you know, they were probably smarter about it than, than like maybe I was. Maybe I should have paid more attention. But, you know, and, and it makes complete sense. You know, they're not wrong for, you know, obviously being invested in their school and whatnot. So it's very important to also, you know, support the local community. Um, I mean, yeah, and, I and, believe and I, we had a great model, though. Rob, I believe yeah. we had a really good model. And if people ever want to reach out to you, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you know any help that you can get. And I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. Honest, I'm, I'm happy to help. And, and that was. Yeah, that would make static if we can get more universities involved and even in smaller cities where there's no local community, you know, no local salsa company. You know, if we can get the schools involved, people passionate to learn this and that. Like, I believe I because the thing is, you know, as the community gets older, we need new, you know, we need new blood out there, some new fresh blood out there um, with ideas that we may not have. You know, we always need to be recycling the community. Um, yeah. And I believe, you know, within the universities is, is a great place to start. Well, yeah. And 
it's not even, you don't even have to be a college student, right? I would also say the, one of the most important things is getting talent from outside of your city into your city. Now, right. if, I were, if I were an instructor uh, in, let's say, outside the Gary Salas Club, if I were just an instructor in a city, what I would do is I would go to the local college and find those college students who are interested in learning salsa, start training those kids, and then talk to them about, hey, do you guys want to start this club on campus and I can help however I can? Don't see them as a, uh, as a rival. Try to see them as a way to build up your community. And then through that, also, again, bringing people in from out of town, having major funding behind that, because right now these individual um, individual studios do not have the funds to fly people in from halfway across the country to do one of their big events. But if you can help those college kids build something so that they can do that, then all of a sudden you're, you're not only bringing people in from out of town, but you're also kind of giving back and, and building up the financial ability of this community too. So more people can make salsa their full-time job. More people can make salsa a part-time job uh, so they can do what they love. I completely so, agree. I completely yeah. agree. It's a tough one, though. It's a tough one to chew. If I'm a studio owner, you know, there there's a part of you that is afraid of competition and you want to be the only one in town. But, mm -hmm. you know, look at New York, right? Right. New York yeah. has a lot of competition and they're doing just right. fine. Well, so. you know, at the same time, too, it, it kind of is, you know, it's kind of one of those things that me and you have learned, Rob, is in, from a, a business point of view, we, we do know that competition, not all competition is bad. You know, and I feel like a lot of people may not necessarily have that understanding or training that, yes, not all competition can be bad. Like it, it could actually be good um, and not necessarily to view it as competition either. You know, it's just a different form of engaging a different market. Yep. That, that, that's that Boston Business School talking, man. I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm hopefully I'm learning something. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, in closing, tell me a couple of things. Quick questions. Uh, one is, who's your favorite dancer? Who's your favorite person to dance with? Besides Angela, obviously. Don't give me the girlfriend answer, but give me well, like... I have to because, again, I'm contractually obligated to say she's my favorite girlfriend or girl to dance with. <laughs> of course, uh, of course. Of course. Uh, who's my favorite dancer? Man, you know, it changes. It really does because, you know, I feel like just as much as, you know, people are unique. You know, that's the thing. People are unique. You know, there's... I don't believe I've met one ultimate dancer that has everything I like um, because there's so many different aspects of dance that I admire. Like, for example, I can look at a guy like Neri Garcia and be like, man, that guy is one smooth SOB. And I really admire his dancing. I think he's a phenomenal dancer. And then I look at a dancer like um, like Andres Geraldo from here in Boston. And like I love all the hand stuff he does. And he's just a great social dancer. Um, and then, you know, I remember you brought in Solomon. Solomon is just such a really cool, chill guy. I mean, you should actually bring him on the show. I'd love to hear his thoughts on everything, uh, just in interview format. And he's very knowledgeable. He's very laid back, too. And I really, really enjoy the smoothness of his dancing, you know. And so I really like him as well. And then, you know, you even have people that are just starting out that aren't big yet, but you can tell, man, this guy is going to be big one day. And for me, that would be like Ernesto Bulnes. I was going to say the same thing, man. Ernesto yeah. is going to be huge. He used to live in, in Tampa, who now lives in New York. He's dancing with the pro team at Yamule. And I see him, and I'm like, man, that guy's going to be big one day. I know it. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of things I can admire. You know, I admire Ernesto's um, influence in Afro-Cuban movement and how he puts that into his dancing that not necessarily all the other, you know, dancers I admire have, but I really admire his in that aspect. So, you know, the longer I'm in this salsa thing, you know, the more I see, man, there's so many dancers out there that I just really, really love all these different aspects about them. And for me to say one dancer is the best, I, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to a lot of them. So uh, off the top of my head, I would say those are the top four. There's a couple in Europe that I know are good, too. But, you know, as, as far as I know, these are the four that I know pretty well. And not only know them pretty well, but they're such good people as well. You know, they're just really, really good people. So that's another one for me. Like, you know, if you're a good dancer, that's not going to be it. You know, if you're a good dancer, great, perfect. But if you're a good dancer and a good person as well, that just takes the cake for me. I, you know, they're just really good people. And I always try to support them as much as I can. Absolutely. So
Absolutely. And, yeah. and I think that the reason I also agree with that sentiment, it's not just about the dancing, it's about the personality, because those people who are at that level, they are an ambassador for salsa, and they are going to meet people who don't dance salsa. And if they're a jackass, then you, you immediately get the stereotype of, oh, that's what all salsa dancers are like. So right. we, and need our, we need our best dancers to not be assholes. Not only that, but, you know, a lot of the people that may follow these dancers that are jackasses, guess what? They're going to become jackasses. You know, I feel like people follow, you know, I, people become who they follow, really. You know, if you're a jackass, you might become a jackass. You know, if you have very polarizing views, guess what? You may incorporate those polarizing views. Who my favorite uh, girl to dance with is, you know, I, I would say, you know, a lot of the pros are really great to dance with. They're really fun to dance with. But you know what? I have a lot of fun just kind of dancing with. A lot of the local talent here you know um there's this girl jennifer earls i really really enjoy dancing with her um basically any you know a lot of the girls from masakote from salsa control they're just really really fun to dance with i don't know you know again maybe it's because i'm not a professional and i'm not you know i don't dance professionally i don't dance with that many professionals you know i get to dance with a handful that i see at congresses but you know i i just i don't know i really just get to enjoy i just really enjoy dancing with you know people locally um, yeah, I mean, you know, Anna Masakot is amazing to dance with. Um, you know, Andres's wife is also a really good girl to dance with as well. Uh, you know, her name is Leah Geraldo. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like, honestly, I might sound really <laughs> indecisive for saying it, but I honestly don't really say I have a favorite, favorite dancer, really. You know, because even somebody that I would say is a great dancer, maybe I'm not feeling that great and might have a crappy dance. Is it her fault? No, it might be my fault. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. Maybe she's not having a great day and, you know, whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I can't really pinpoint it to one. Got it. What, two other questions I have. Uh, second to last one is about instruments. If, if you could teach us one thing about instruments as it would improve our dancing, what mm -hmm. would that be? And that, that's coming from me because I don't have any formal education on music. I don't play any instruments. I don't understand a lot of that stuff. So if you were to say, here's one of the most useful things when it comes to instruments and how that will help you to become a better salsa dancer, what would mm -hmm. you say? Well, uh, you know, it also, it also applies to um, what style you're trying to learn as well. Um, in, in this particular example, I'm going to refer to on two style, which is one of, you know, it's my preferred, but I also enjoy dancing on one. Um, but as far as on two, I would say really, really pay attention to that conga because I don't know if you've heard it before, but the conga is the heartbeat to the music. You know, it's that doom doom pa, doom doom pa, which obviously that's a very irregular heart, you know, heart sounding. <laughs> but you know, as far as the music is concerned, yes, you can think of it as a heartbeat. You know, that doom doom pa. And I remember when we were teaching it, I would say, you know, make your feet be that instrument. Make your feet, you know, when you hear that slap, that doom doom pa on that slap sound. Make sure your feet is breaking on that slap sound, which is the two and six. And for me, that is probably my favorite instrument when I dance to salsa, is the 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 conga and the tumbao sound. The tumbao sound that it makes is my favorite instrument. Um, I know uh, one song that I used to teach a lot. I don't know if you remember, is "Otra Oportunidad" by Jimmy Bosch. Mm -hmm. That song has such a strong tumbao sound that it really really helps with teaching on too. Um, and, you know, it really wasn't until I started getting into the two that I really started growing an affinity for instruments. You know, the, the clave is also very good as well. I also love jamming out to the timbales, but, you know, my heart always belongs to the, to the conga. I just absolutely adore the conga and the tumbao sound it makes because I feel like my heart, my body can really, really groove to that instrument. So, you know, if anyone, if anyone you know, including yourself, were asking me, what instrument should I gravitate to or should I pay attention to or should I try to, you know, integrate myself with? I would always say the conga because as far as on two is concerned, that is what you're going to dance to. That is the heartbeat of the song and that's what you're going to dance to. And I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes with a link to Joel Dominguez's stuff because he does emphasize that a lot as well, dancing on the conga. And he mm -hmm. has some good videos about that where it shows how you can interpret that conga with the step. And I remember, man, yeah, it's, you brought me right back to 2009 where you were saying that. And you had the big congas there uh, yes. in, your, in your apartment, in your house. And 
we were we were going off that. So I totally agree. I also wrote a good post about that too, about the differences between dancing on one and on two, and uh, how on two is very much more instrument centric, and you you do pay a lot more attention to that you tend to see people who dance on one listen a lot more to the lyrics, um, whereas on two is a lot more conga and clave centric. Right, um, lyrics and melody, um, melody, which isn't a isn't a bad thing. You know, there's some melodies from some songs that are just nice, and it's nice to groove to on one. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like you pretty much summed it up though with the conga. If it's strong, it's it's really easy to jam to when you're dancing on two. Mm -hmm. So my last question is just from a general knowledge standpoint. Mm -hmm. If let's say we are in the matrix right now and you are in control of the matrix and we're all plugged in, you can plug in any one piece of information, kind of inception into our mind, one mm -hmm. thought, so that immediately everyone who dances salsa in the entire world has this piece of knowledge what would that most important knowledge be that you plug into all of us? What, what do you think is going to make our salsa world a better place or us better dancers in that place? Oh, man. I would say salsa will change your life for the good or for the bad. Um, I would say, you know, just do it, man. Just yeah. dance. You know, it, it's, it's such an interesting thing to me, um, the American culture, mostly because, you know, I was born in another country. And, yeah, even though I grew up in this culture, I was also still very – you know, I grew up in my Peruvian culture as well and the dance culture. You know, when I was growing up in my family, we don't do anything, you know, we don't do anything fancy. We don't do any copas or, you know, inside turns or whatever. Um, but, you know, we still, you know, we stepped in place, moved our hips, whatever. It was still dancing, you know, even if it was backyard style, as I call it. You know, it was still dancing. And that never left me. You know, I always had that affinity for dance, even though I couldn't do it. I always loved it. And, and it's kind of a shame how some people don't understand it or can look at it very negatively, you know, like, oh, you're dancing. Oh, that's so lame, you know, or this or that. And, you know, I think to myself, is it really? No. I mean, I honestly, I think I can't respect the man more. I respect the man more when he knows how to dance. I think it's such a great thing for men to learn, you know, I mean, absolutely. You know, you could play sports. There's nothing wrong with that, this and that. But, man, like, just something about dancing. It, you know, I've always told people what, you know, what when they ask me what has changed your life the most, I always say it's dancing. Why? It helped me gain confidence. It helped me understand things I never thought I would understand. It helped me become a better person. It helped me, you know, focus more on being healthy. You know, it, it made me not boring anymore because I feel like before that I would, you know, probably just stay at home, play video games, this and that. And now I can't even fathom that. I'm like, God, why did I do that? That's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> why did I do that when I can go out and meet people? It's not even necessarily meeting, you know, women or anything, you know. Um, it's just meeting people. Like I've met some great people living in Boston. I've met doctors, lawyers, research scientists, uh, you name it. So many great people that if I was doing something else or if I had another hobby, I would never have met these people. Never. And now I'm sitting here saying, oh, yeah, I know this person. He's a doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's one. I know a priest, like a priest, like a guy, a white collar. Yeah, he dances salsa and bachata. <laughs> bachata, really? That's not yeah. uh, against his vows? No, he's married. He has a kid. <laughs> His wife goes out with him. Like, this guy gets down. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I can't imagine doing anything else and not have my life be this interesting. You know what I mean? And if I could have one, if I can tell one, like, everyone in the world to do something, it would be to dance. I mean, hell, it doesn't even have to be salsa. It'd be great if it's salsa. But, hell, just go out there and dance, man. Dance is such a powerful thing. You, you, I mean, you have no idea until you're actually in it. And when you're in it, you, you can't think of anything else. You're like, yes, it makes complete sense. Look at the life you're in now. Like, I mean, you mean, you like looking at you, you know, you're, you're uh, dating somebody from Tampa now who's in dance. You would never would have met her if you hadn't been dancing. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be as happy as you are now if you hadn't been dancing. Me too. Like my girlfriend, I would not have been happy now if I hadn't met her and I met her through dance. Yep. Yeah. I, I was reflecting on that yesterday, how dance has changed so many aspects of my life uh, for the better. I can't think of one bad thing from being in this community. And and the other thing is that I'm, I'm 29 right now. And you what? see, I know, dude, I'm old, old man. In Gainesville, at least I'm old man. 
But you see people as young, I mean, you see Kitty Congress kids who are four or five years old that come to these Congresses. And then you see people as old as in their 50s, 60s, 70s and older. So mm -hmm. it's the kind of community where you you can be as old or as young as you want and you don't feel out of place when you go to these big events. So you don't feel like you're going to outgrow it. Uh, whereas with other things, uh, I mean, like CrossFit or something like that. I do CrossFit as well. I don't think I'll be doing that when I'm 40. I don't think I'm going to be in that, that good enough shape where I want to ruin my body like that. Uh, right. So I love the the just not only this United Colors of Bed, Benetton thing where it's just all different races and ethnicities, but also all different ages. And mm -hmm. for that reason, like you said, you meet such interesting people, entrepreneurs, scientists, some of the smartest people that, that I've ever met have been through Salsa. Uh, and it's funny because I was looking at a uh, Quora post. This was about a week ago. This Quora post was from this guy who said, is it okay for me to dance Salsa or does that mean I'm gay? And I'm uh, like, dude, no, it does not mean you're gay. Like, like not at all. That is, that is one of the most manly things you can do. And that's not one of the best things. Not that I went out with this mindset, but man, you, you meet women. There's no way you can avoid meeting women. It's a partner dance. And usually it's a partner dance between a man and a woman. And that's uh, one of the things that was so different than my other hobbies. My other hobbies had always been, yeah, like video games or rock climbing or things where it's you and an inanimate object that are interacting or just something much less interactive than having a dance and having really conversation with someone. So, you know, at the same time too, like I felt like dancing really has helped me respect women more, to be honest, just because, you know, you get to know them more and, you know, you, you get to admire a lot of the passion, a lot of the ways they carry themselves. And I mean, in general, like I've, I love strong women. I would say my girlfriend's a very strong woman. She's very smart. Um, I'm so thankful. I don't think I would have ever met her if I hadn't been doing anything else. I don't think I would have, you know, really caught her eye, to be honest. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things that I find is such a respectful dance if you respect it right. You know, obviously there's a lot of people out there that can be creeps or whatever, can disrespect it. But I feel like it really does help create a different appreciation that you may not have for the opposite sex, you know, for women. I think, I think it's great. I mean, it's helped me be a lot more respectful. You know, I've met so many great women in great professions as I danced. You know, we'll have a great dance afterwards. We'll talk, you know, I, you know, I find out, you know, she does this, this, and this. And I'm just like, wow, I'm so floored. I don't think I've ever would have met you um, if I, you know, if I hadn't taken up dance. I never thought I'd meet somebody of your, your caliber. You know, as a person, you've done so much with your life. You know, you are inspiring you know, you've done so much. You can inspire tons of people. And I'm so glad to have met you. And I'm so glad that I've had this avenue that I could meet you. Yep. You know I mean? And and if I could, I'm going to ask that question to myself. If I could plug one thing into to people. The one thing I would do is I would actually have them watch that YouTube video. Have you seen that video? The, the British guy who has the, like, this is what the South community is about. It starts with salsa, the, the Latin musical way to make women take their clothes off. Have you uh, seen that video? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm, I'll send it to you. I'll link it in the show notes as well. But I, all he does, it's about a five-minute video where he talks about the community. And he talks about, listen, in general, these are stereotypes, but in general, salsa dancers tend to be uh, you know, not crazy partiers. They don't tend to drink because you lose coordination when you drink. Uh, it's a tight-knit community where you have this dance, but then after the dance is over, you have another dance. It's not like you're expected to be dating after that dance. Um, you know, people outside the community think that it's all these people just hooking up and, and randomly. And I mean, you go to a Congress, maybe there's some of that happening. I don't know. I have a right. girlfriend. Well, and, you know, but, that's, 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 that's going to be inherent. That's always going to be there. You know, you put two people together, you know, who knows what happens. And that's just yeah. in any community. That has yeah. nothing to do with salsa. Yep. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's bound to happen, you know, but it's not the, it's not the norm. Let's put it that way. I, I guess the, the biggest thing that I liked about salsa is that you can have a fun night going out dancing, an extremely fun night where alcohol is not involved at all. Because honestly, I don't really drink. I didn't really like the idea of going out and getting drunk like a lot of my friends did. And mm -hmm. that is just not the salsa community. Like very few people drink and there's nothing wrong with drinking per se, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. So I uh, I really attracted to the so the salsa community for that reason as well. Of course, and I completely agree with you too. Like it's it's I don't know it's just very respectable, you know. I mean the people that do drink, obviously, you know, people avoid them because you know they're either going to get happy about it or they're going to like fall over themselves. 
it, it yep. promotes a lot of good things. It promotes a good lifestyle. Promotes you know good people. Um, I honestly, I mean, there's faults in everything you do, but I, I can't, I don't see the faults in this community ever outweighing the, the pros. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Well, man, with that being said, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I feel like we have to have a part two and possibly part three because we could just talk about this stuff forever. But before we go, just <laughs> tell the listeners some things that you're doing up there in Boston, some upcoming events. I know you're involved with a lot of socials up there. Uh, I know the Boston Salsa Festival is coming up too, so talk more about that. Just and also how people can get in touch with you. Of course, of course. Um, well, my full name is Franklin Condori. I'm sure you're gonna uh, post it somewhere. I live in Boston now. I used to live in Florida. Um, I am running a social called Fuego y Candela every second Saturday of every month from seven to ten p.m. Um, it's a monthly thing. I always have it going. It's great. You know, I have such a good time posting the socials. I love the energy. I just started DJing as well. I DJ my socials. I'm actually going to be DJing a couple other socials as well, a couple of the other socials from the other companies. Um, I have the socials that I run, obviously. I have my anniversaries that I have in January that I always try to make really, really big. This past year, I brought in David the Timbalero, and he was freaking insane. He Everyone went crazy when he played, which is great. And I also try to host a, uh, an event here in Boston called Night of the Palladium, which is basically a throwback to the 50s, 60s Palladium era. Um, what we do is we play music strictly from that era, the 50s, 60s, the, you know, the Tutitos with Machito. Uh, so basically that big band, you know, that big band music that was played in New York. And um, that's kind of what the music we do this year. I'm going to try to see if I can actually have a band that actually plays that kind of music as well as DJ to actually have that music as well. And I believe right now, tentatively, we have that going on for September, but I can't confirm it yet because I still have to work out some logistics. But that's a yearly thing. Started last year that had such a great turnout that I'm going to make that a yearly thing. And who knows, you know, maybe it might be a weekend thing one day. I don't know. It'd be great to do. But for right now, you know, having that one night where we can just totally just throw back and go back into that 50s and 60s era music is just a great thing for me to to put together. And Boston as a community is a great community, very supportive of one another, um, very supportive of events, companies, everything, no real infighting. You know, it's such a great community. Um, we have the Boston Salsa Fest coming up. I believe, I don't want to get this wrong. Hold on. Let me look this up. <laughs> Worst thing for me is to say the wrong dates and that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, the Boston Sauce Festival is August 15th through the 17th. Great event. To anyone who can make it, um, all I can say is I can't stop raving about the community. We're a very welcoming community um, on one, on two. We have both companies very big here. Um, you know, we have a lot of name artists. Uh, we have Jimmy Bosch is going to be playing. So he's going to be playing that song we talked about earlier with the Oportunidad. Uh, so I'll be practicing my own too. <laughs> and then we're going to have uh, some great performers as well. Nair Gianna is going to come up. Some people from New York, some people from Europe. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's going to be a great event. This is the third year now that we're doing it. And every year it gets bigger and bigger. So, you know, if you guys are around the area, if you guys want to come to nice, you know, to have a nice little vacation, Boston is a beautiful city. I absolutely love, Bo excuse me, I absolutely love Boston. I fell in love with this place when I moved here. Um, so you can't go wrong with that. And if any, and if anybody ever travels to Boston, please, please, please feel free. Send me a message. Look me up. My phone number should be on my Facebook. You know, it doesn't have to be for my event. Contact me. I will make sure you know where to go. I'll make sure you get to know people here. Um, because I understand what it's like being in a new city. And I, the worst thing that I could imagine somebody doing is coming here and not having a good time because they didn't know where to go or who to talk to. So I want to try to avoid that as much as possible. Contact me. Do not be afraid. I am very friendly, I think. And, you know, I will make sure you guys have a good time. You know, so uh, with that being said, yeah, I have my socials, Boston um, Salsa Festival in August. You know, come to Boston. We have some great dancing. Um, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I'm always... I'm always doing things left and right. I'm sure we. I will send you some messages so you can, you know, tell people about that. Um, been busy with business school, but finishing up here in a couple months, and I'm excited to get back to other stuff and other projects. Hey, man, other stuff including the New York Congress coming up. Think about it, man. I still got that hotel room, which is like 220 bucks a night. So I could definitely use some people splitting that room. Uh, so left arm, right, right. Yeah, man, it's it's ridiculous, but. 
Yeah, man. So awesome. Uh, great to see all the stuff that's going on up there in Boston. I'm going to find some excuse to get up there. Probably not for the South Fest, but I'll get up there for something. That Palladium sure. stuff. I'm, I'm really interested in Palladium stuff now. I watch some good documentaries on that. So okay. it's, uh, it's a really cool era. If people haven't checked it out, check out uh, Latin Music in the USA. It's a PBS documentary. But they go through a lot of the uh, Palladium stuff. They interview, uh, who is it, Augie and his partner who were known I, in the Palladium. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just really interesting seeing seeing that stuff. Who is the other one? Uh, Cuban Pete and I always remember the guys. I always forget the women. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> check that out. Frank, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. I'll see you soon, okay? Not a problem. Take care, buddy. Good luck Thanks, with everything, man. Take care. Amigo.